Hi, and welcome to episode 30, I said 30, of No Crying in Baseball. My name's Patty, and I'm here with my friend Patty Mouth. I want to say happy birthday to Jose Altuve, one of the first boyfriends that we talked about on this podcast, my Astros boyfriend, who I think is 28 years old today. Happy birthday, Altuve. Did you get a phone call recently, Potty Mouth, that you need to tell us about? Yeah. So for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about my dad and getting my dad used to the fact that this podcast exists. And so I haven't been able to talk to him since he left, unfortunately, midweek. But I did get a voicemail. And he said that he has been listening to the podcasts. Yikes. I got to know what the next thing he said was. It could go either way. Yeah. I'm picturing my dad sitting down with his laptop just listening to podcast. I mean, 30, right? And he said that we sounded very professional and smart. And that was it. That was it on the voicemail, pretty much. Thanks, Bob. I feel better. I was a little worried. I have a family story for you, too. My daughter coached her first Little League game yesterday morning. Her team has six-year-olds through eight-year-olds on it. And the cool thing about it is a lot of moms as well as dads are helping her out. I remember even when our kids were playing softball at that age, it was all dads, no moms, except for like I would have a clipboard periodically to organize snacks. You were super organizing stuff. Well, I could organize the heck out of snacks, but the people that were doing the coaching were really pretty much the dads. So it's cool to see my kids' team. When they're the home team, apparently at this level, at this minors A level, you need to have a parent be the umpire. If you're the home team, you supply a parent umpire, which turned out to be a mom who knew her way around the ball field. Awesome. And she and my daughter shared a very special moment when the dad coach from the other team decided to come over and explain things to be sure she knew what to do. Oh, how considerate. They they shared a knowing glance until he left. I don't think either of them made eye contact. But she loves coaching, and I'm so excited that she's having a good time doing this. Yay, women and girls in baseball. Yeah, I just want to add, she told me the cutest story. She said the six-year-old on the team, whenever he gets on base, he, like, turns to her and gives a double thumbs up. The double thumbs up, yes. (laughs) So, like, trying to impress the coach. So, yeah, it's a female coach, but the kids don't care, it sounds like. Kids love her. Pitching. We're going to talk a lot about pitching this week. There's so much pitching this week. This has been a crazy week for awesome pitching, and I guess you'll go into the science about it in a little bit, but I just want to give our first recognition to the Mariners' James Paxton, known as Big Maple because he's Canadian, and he got 16 strikeouts against the A's. It's the fourth most strikeouts in Mariners' history. The first three, all Randy Johnson, all three. That makes a lot of sense. This fits into our boyfriends section also, though, because my A's boyfriend, Jed Lowry, who I adore from the Red Sox days, he ruined the win. So even though the guy got 16 strikeouts, did not get the win. Lowry tied it up with two-run home run in the eighth, and then the A's went on to win it in the ninth. That's a large number of strikeouts to overcome. Yeah, I just—oops, one more thing. Sorry. This is me and my brain not going in a straight line. I mentioned he's Canadian, but he's the first Canadian to get 16 strikeouts. And probably the first Big Maple nickname in in Major League Baseball. I have science. I have pitching science, which came to our attention because of a boyfriend Twitter feud. Let's call it a feud. I just saw the tweet and I didn't know what was going on. I saw Sparkles tweet something at Bauer and thought, this is really cool conversation. I wish I knew what was happening. I'm here to explain it to you. So Trevor Bauer is a pitcher for the Fighting Franconis, and Sparkles, Lance McCullers, is a pitcher for the Astros. These are our pitching boyfriend teams. Respectively. Respectively, in fact. 
here's what happened. Trevor Bauer is a nerd. He's a science nerd. Which is why he's your boyfriend. One of the many reasons. One of the but many that, reasons. That helps. That helps. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it does help, actually. So he works out at this place called Driveline Baseball in the off-season, and they do a lot of cool science things. Like, what really specific tiny little changes can you make to have this be faster or this pitch drop more? Or how do how do we film this to see where it's going to go? How can we project? I mean, all kinds of that really cool stuff. fun. Let's go. So back in April, that was so long ago now, someone tweeted about... Garrett Cole of the Astros and about My boyfriend. your boyfriend about it's amazing. I don't know what he's doing with his four seam fastball, but it's incredible this year. The guy who founded Driveline Baseball tweeted back, it's pine tar. Oops. It's pine tar. That is prohibited in Major League Baseball. It is indeed. So Trevor Bauer didn't start this, but he did in fact jump in on this because he has experimented with all these science projects. Pine tar, sunscreen, all kinds of little Coca-Cola. They put Coca-Cola, goopy stuff, all kinds of things together to try to figure out what's the best thing to use on a baseball. But yes, it is prohibited. You may remember in the World Series, here we go again with my Halloween costume, right? Trevor Bauer had that injury on his pinky, which was bleeding while it's on the mound. What he wanted to do was put some goop on it to close the stitches, to close the wound, right? Right. And that his pinky doesn't touch the baseball when he pitches. That's very dainty. He asked permission and was turned down because no foreign substances. Pitchers may not use or have on their person any foreign substances. Even if it doesn't touch the baseball at all? Even if it doesn't touch the baseball. So he asked... And couldn't do it, so he couldn't pitch the rest of that game, right? Because he started bleeding. honorable of him for asking. Well, so he is a little bit loud and proud about his moral compass, right? So he's done Uh. all the science, and he says, I could increase the revolutions per minute on my pitches, 400 revolutions per minute, if I just use pine tar, compared to using nothing. Okay. So Garrett Cole is the guy who was accused of doing it. So... So Trevor Bauer said that, that I could increase this if mm-hmm. I used pine tar and didn't say any names, but there were inferences made. And the Astros, not Garrett Cole, but other Astros, Verlander, Sparkles, came back and were like, hey, you know, don't don't be jealous about this. And yeah, that explains it. Yeah, they, I get it. Yeah, they were really, you know, defensive and protecting their guys because this happened after Garrett Cole became an Astro. Right, even though no names, apparently there's a like a long time feud between Bauer and Cole. They were teammates together. There's bad blood between them, so that uh, I think okay. kind of fed into this. But interestingly, Trevor Bauer's thing is everybody should be allowed to use this. He doesn't use it because it's against the rules, but that's kind of unfair because it's not a rule that's enforced, right? So people get away with it all the time. So his whole thing is let everybody use it. Then it's an even field again. And then, you know, then people aren't sneaking around because here's what happens with the revolutions per minute. Oh, back Mm -hmm. to the science part, right? If the ball is spinning faster, it's harder to see where the seams are. And one of the things the batters watch for is which way the seams are rotating. So they know, is it a fastball? Is it a curveball? Is it going to drop? Is it going to bank left or right? They can tell that if they can see the seams. If the ball is spinning faster, they can't see that. So you're going to get more strikeouts. 
And Bauer's point is, if you, on paper, if you have more strikeouts, you are a more valuable pitcher. So when it comes time to contracts and free agency and all those things, you're going to get more money. So it's unfair. Yeah. And that's becoming more and more seriously now. Right. So that's, that's, that's Mr. Science. That's where that whole feud came from. And that's so you know that pine tar and sticky stuff makes the ball spin faster. So I got to wonder if that had anything to do with Garrett Cole's recent 16 Ks, 16 strikeouts against the D-backs this past week. I'm going to go with yes. I guess so. I mean, I get the points, man. It's my boyfriend, but he it's his first shutout though. Um, so maybe he hasn't been doing this for long and his first one hitter, he's leading the league in strikeouts right now, or at least at the time where I took these notes. Um, and he has four <laughs> double digits this season. So yeah, he has been improving. It sounds like he's not the only one on the Astros Verlander, man, I was watching this and he had 14 fucking strikeouts against the Yankees. And you would think that would be good enough, but no, uh, another Astros pitching boyfriend of mine, Ken Giles, gave it up in the ninth inning. Oh, and then then it went even worse for him. Uh, Yeah. I mean, to talk about feeling bad, blowing this amazing outing by Verlander. So coming off the mound, and I'll definitely post this link, he punched himself in the face. And the, the way this went is he actually, he was so frustrated. He had one hand in the club with his gloved hand. He like punched himself in the gut. And then he literally took off his glove so he could better punch himself in the face for giving up that home run to uh, Gary Sanchez to lose the game for Verlander. All I got to say is when Tommy Pham hit himself in the head with, you know, during, during the first of the game, <laughs> it was an accident. Yes. It was a completely preventable accent accident but still it was an accident yeah check last week's episode for the rundown of how tommy fam hit himself in the face so back at trevor bauer for a second in his game against the yankees just yesterday we're recording this on sunday so yesterday on saturday afternoon he took a perfect game against the yankees into the fifth inning and it was amazing he he, he uh he got 12 outs in 44 pitches which is fantastic right Damn. it's done these are like scherzer numbers and then it all went to hell, right? Yeah, he, I saw those final numbers, and I was so fucking pissed after that. He, you know, he walked two batters. Things happened, but then he did the right thing. He threw exactly the right pitch to get a double play ball hit, right? So it goes right to Lindor. Sexy, sexy defense. Smiley, sexy with Lindor. My guy screws it up. Lindor oh, doesn't commit one error on this perfectly hit double play ball. But two errors. Two errors on one play? Two errors on one That's play. That's talent. That's potty mouth kind of talent. He bobbled the ball, so the guy got to first. So he tried throwing to third to get an out over there. He should have just held the ball. Threw the ball to third and overthrew the third baseman. So two errors. On, and <laughs> Beautiful. So, yeah, so it all went out. And, and apparently the game before that, he also screwed up a double play, right? He doesn't make errors. Last year, Lindor made 10 errors in the entire game season. He's already at seven errors. Wow. So thank God. Barely May. Thank God that he's also got sexy, sexy offense because in the last week alone, he had 17 hits, four home runs and nine RBIs. So it makes up for it a little bit, but not all the way. But to put it in historical perspective, Omar Vizquel, I love Omar. Also, we weren't calling him the fighting Franconas then because Francona wasn't there, but you know the team. Also, shortstop with the same team 24 years ago had a couple of games where he kept making errors. And this was new when, when he was new with the team. And everyone's like, you got rid of this guy. It was a terrible trade. He then went 52 straight games without an error. So there's hope. I think that Lindor is going to get out of this. We better start his Hall of Fame campaign because it's got to happen. Because we love Omar. 
I just want to say what the fuck is up with my Dodgers pitching. There's some curse going over the Dodgers. I was wondering about my B team and sort of looking into the stats and noticed that Rich Hill's been on the DL forever. He's one of my pitchers, so he's not in it at all. Um, Ryu, I can't pronounce his last name right. Anyway, he's on the DL. And Alex Wood, one of our BMX club from way, way back when we looked at the Dodgers, also on the DL. And as of hours ago... Damn it, Clayton Kershaw is on the DL. My pitching is falling apart for Team 2. We'll teach you how to uh, to, to drop some players and add some players, but I know you really want them to be the Dodgers. But, but pitchers, am I allowed to do that? I thought it was like I picked my pitchers and I got my pitchers. We'll talk. All right, we'll talk. You'll talk to the commission. You'll ask nicely. I and, will. And I will. so she will explain things, not like those mm. other people. To, not, not to be named. May I just say, we've had some words. I stared them down. I, I feel pretty good that With I won that conversation. With me sitting in the middle, too. That was helpful. Okay. That was really helpful. I have a new boyfriend. Ooh. Well, it's nice. Not a, it's not you didn't t- have enough. I didn't. Well, unfortunately, I lost one, um, but just temporarily. So Austin Hedges, my Padres boyfriend, catcher with the Padres, is on the DL, 10-day DL due to an elbow injury. Bad. So they called up um, Rafi Lopez. Okay. So La- Rafi Lopez, he's been in the minors for a while. Um, he's got his start in the Mexico series, right? The 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 Dodgers and Padres series and in game two, we'll talk about game yeah, one more later because that's a pretty important one. But, Update on but that. But for, for game two, he went two for four with a two-run homer in the second game of the Mexico series. So Rock on. So he's got some sexy offense, which is awesome. But the real reason I'm keeping him is the team they called him up from, their AAA El Paso team, is called the Chihuahuas, which is great. But it's made Adorable. better. It's made better because he owns a Chihuahua. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Now that's adorable because the dog is adorable. Adorable is not a sports word. I said it four times. So just keep on drinking. I will drink to that. I've got some boyfriend problems myself. One just happened yesterday and it's breaking my little heart. El Jefe, cover your ears. Because Yadier Molina, who I absolutely adore, who has played in 30 out of 31 games this year, who is a stalwart for the Cardinals, has been playing the majority of the games every season, got hit by a foul ball in the groin. It was a pitch. It was a 102-mile-hour fastball well, yeah, right, that right, went right. straight at I him. Didn't, I didn't mean to say foul ball. It was fouled off. It was fouled off. And it was 102 miles per hour, but then it hit the bat, fouled off, hit him in the groin. Yep. So he had immediate emergency surgery, which is pretty horrendous. And they say that he's going to be out for a month, which, you know, I, I when I first heard it, I thought that could be a lot worse. Um, he had recently passed Johnny Bench. We were going to talk about this a couple of weeks ago, and then I skipped it inadvertently. But here's a good time. He's number 16 on the all-times game games caught list. And I just have to say that I feel some really guilty sadness about this because I feel horrible for him. But then I also thought, damn, this tanks my fantasy baseball team, which is awful way to go. This guy is suffering, and I should write him a get well card or something like that. But how awful. Uh, on on lesser boyfriend news from my uh, non-pitching boyfriends. On sillier boyfriend news. Yeah, this is a little bit to, to lighten things up a little bit. Well, maybe not for Cespedes. You want a Cespedes? <laughs> Poor guy, known for the bling. He's got a bunch of Poor sparkly- is a funny word to use yeah. in that. <laughs> Not really poor guy. Blingy kind of guy, known for wearing the sparkly necklaces. He didn't get the sparkles nickname, but maybe he should. Sliding into second, his diamond necklace broke diamonds all over the place. 
Oops. He had some help picking it up, but he looked pretty pissed off. I, I wonder if he if, got them all. That's what I'm wondering. Like, did they? Did he recount them just to make sure that the guys are there? Pockets in those baseball pants? I just don't yeah. Know. What do you do? Because he was still on base. I think he was safe. I hope he was safe after losing. <laughs> just that. the accessories were <laughs> right. not safe. Right. And just one last shout out for a boyfriend, Pookie. He now has four. I think last week we were talking about him tying Ted Williams with the number of three home run games that he had. Now he has passed. He has four three home run games. The most in Red Sox history. Congratulations, Pookie. You guys see what I'm wearing? I see what you're wearing. Tell us about what you're wearing. I am wearing an Angels t-shirt that I'm very excited about that I bought on a whim because I went to Angels Stadium not to see a game, but just because I happened to be in California. What's the name on the back? And the name is Pujols. And I thought, well, that's really cool. I'll get a Pujols t-shirt. Well, Mr. Pujols just joined the 3,000 hit club against Seattle Friday in the fifth inning. He got a hit. And then in the ninth inning, he got another hit, which pushed him past Roberto Clemente as number 31 on the all-times hit list. Can I just tell you, the night before that, they were playing the Orioles, and I flipped the game on, mm. and I thought, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Pujols is a bat. I'm going to wa- I'm gonna see the hit. He was freaking hit by a pitch. So I oh, missed his wow. actual hit. I just saw him get hit by a pitch. But please tell us more, because there's all kinds of cool stuff about this. Yeah, not only is it 3,000, but he's in the 3,000 hit 600 home run club. That club has Four members, including Pujols. The other three members are Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, and Alex Rodriguez. Pretty exclusive club. And he just missed being the first Dominican to hit hit 3,000 by a year. And we know that my boyfriend, my Rangers boyfriend, Adrian Beltre, who's also on the fucking DL right now. Anyway, he beat him by a year. He got 3,000 last year. Pujols is now the second Dominican with 3,000 hits. Congratulations, Pujols. I have one more thing to tell you about him and his relationship with Willie Mays and A-Rod. It's even a smaller club. Um, I'm sorry that Hank Aaron is not in this one, but I'm going to teach you a new statistic. I love you teaching me math. It's the math part. Okay, so Pujols is tied with Willie Mays and A-Rod for the highest ISP. It's not internet service provider, which is (laughs) where I go to with ISP because I am that person. It's isolated slugging percentage. This is really cool because this is, you know, among those who have 3,000 hits, they are tied for the highest isolated slugging percentage. What does that mean? Let me tell you what that means. So there's slugging percentage, right? Which, I get that. Which that incorporates how many extra base hits you have per at-bat and then your regular batting average, how many hits you get per at-bat. The ISP, the isolated slugging percentage, is about power. So you subtract the batting average okay. from the slugging percentage and that number is basically how much power you have. So these are men with power. These are men with power. Now, for example, Ichiro Suzuki has the lowest isolated power you know, ranking here in the 3,000 hit club. And that's because he's got a really high batting average, but he largely hits singles, right? So the difference between those two numbers is small. So although he's got a huge batting average, it's not so much for power. You could have a really low batting average, but hit triple after triple and your power ranking would be much higher. That is hysterical because everybody out there should check our Facebook feed for today because me not knowing that just posted an interesting quote from Suzuki about his technique and not needing to hit it out of the park all the time, but he knows when to do it. It's well said, except for maybe the chicks part, right? So we're hoping the chicks part was just a little translation problem. Otani watch. 
Otani is on the mound today against the Mariners. He's 2-1, and one, which has not changed since our last reporting on Otani Watch because his last outing was a no decision against the Astros, which has raised his ERA, though, to 4.43. His hitting, however, doing pretty well, 339. But, you know— That's he, really well. That's, yeah, like, okay, spectacular. Doing, doing fucking spectacular at 339. But, you know, he got booed in his first outing at Safeco. He's at, such at, a nice guy. Who would boo him? He is a nice guy. The Mariners fans apparently have a little bit of hard feelings for him not going with the Man- Mariners. And I actually—I remember thinking that's where he was going when we were doing our original Otani watch, What's Happening to Otani— didn't sign with the Mariners, hard feelings. He didn't get it. And I think culturally, it's got to be a really bad thing for him to be booed. He said he felt awkward and weird. Yeah, I I, I don't like this booing individual players unless they do something egregious yeah. right then and there that's completely out of bounds. But that's that's just holding a grudge. And I, I don't like that. That's not. And he's just, he's adorable and he's young. And he was so excited because he wanted to face Ichiro today. He would have faced Ichiro today. He was two years old when Ichiro started pitching in Japan, and it was like his idol. But you want to fill us in a little bit about what's going on with Ichiro Suzuki? This is really kind of strange. Ichiro didn't retire, but he has played his last game with the Mariners. So sad. At least for the season. So what they say is They've given him a front office job at the Mariners, which I feel like it has air quotes around it. I don't know what that actually means. They say he's going to suit up in uniform every game day. He's going to take batting practice every day. He is not going to play. He's not on the 40-man roster anymore, and he's not allowed to be in the dugout during games, although we have some ideas about that that involve, I don't know, fake mustaches yeah. and things. He actually said this. He said that maybe he would pull a Bobby Valentine, which is a, a right. callback back into when Bobby Valentine was manager of the Mets, I believe, and he got thrown out of the game and came back into the dugout and in a, in a potty mouth disguise. That's right. In a, and a fake, fake mustache and sunglasses. So we have some ideas of why he's still suiting up and still working out, even if he's not playing this year. Oh, yeah. Next year, to open up this, the season, uh, the Mariners and Oakland are going to Japan for the first couple games of 2019. And for him to play in that would be pretty amazing. So maybe there's a door open for him to be able to do that. I just want to add one more thing about Ichiro in that the GM of the Mariners said that he was like a clubhouse Dalai Lama, and I'm not quite sure how to take that. I'm hoping that that's just a a lovely compliment, not a confusion between being Japanese or being uh, Nepalese, right? I think it's more about his wisdom than it is about where he comes from. There you go. So just that the players would just sort of when he walked into the room, just come up to him with gaping mouths and just want to soak up his wisdom and appreciate his presence there. So I think that's a little bit more why he needs that Bobby Valentine technique to get in there and talk to those players. Yeah, sometimes you get these really young guys looking up to the veterans and really respecting them. And sometimes you get the young guys who just want to show up the old guys. More on young and old guys. I've got one more story on that, and that's a little bit of a relationship between Rafael Devers of the Red Sox and our friend Big Sexy Cologne, pitcher of the Rangers now at age 44. Rafael Devers was five months old 
when Cologne debuted in his MLB series. Red Sox recently faced, actually as we are speaking, they are still facing, the Rangers. And uh, Devers just idolizes Cologne. They're both from the Dominican Republic. He's been his hero, and he got two home runs off of him. With a smile, and what he said, and, and we talked about this with Cologne a couple weeks ago when he was flirting with the no-no and he was hanging out in the dugout in between innings, just like laughing it up, having a great time. Devers says that's what he wants to get from Cologne, that they both play with smiles. And he says that Cologne just looks like he's having a good time when he's playing. And that's what he wants to aspire to. But the two home runs are okay also. Yeah, not so bad. Oh, just one more note. We'll post it. But the SB Nation headline talked about the, the confrontation between the literal child versus the old as hell Cologne. We took a field trip yesterday morning. I love field trips. We have got to do this more often. We took a field trip because within walking distance of our homes, the Washington Nationals dedicated Bryce Harper Field. This is very cool. They do a project every year where they renovate a public field for baseball and softball use by kids in and around D.C. This one just happens to be close to our house. So we went to watch the dedication. And I was thinking about the young idolizing the oldest. You were talking about that because the... The, okay, get your drinks ready because this is freaking adorable. Yeah, they there were, were so fucking tons cute. and tons of tiny little little league players in uniform just gaping at Bryce Harper when he walked by. We of course didn't gape. We were too busy taking pictures of all of this. But it was heartwarming. It was really fun. It was a cool thing. We were right there on the field with Bryce, with the you know the, the DC owners. mayor. The, the mayor DC was mayor there. was right there in spitting distance. We would never spit at her. We love her. Yeah. We think she's great stuff. And we weren't the only ones that were impressed. So the Nationals posted something saying that Bryce Harper is dedicated. Now Bryce Harper Field is dedicated. Merriam-Webster Dictionary Twitter feed made dedicated the word of the day and used that as the example. So I felt good about that. And we were there. And we were there. How cool. If you want to see pictures of that, check out our, our Twitter feed, yeah, Instagram, Facebook page. We've got all kinds of pictures from the event. Last week, we talked about my campaign to free Bryce Harper because everyone was walking him intentionally or unintentionally yeah. not letting the man swing. He has been freed. He has played great this week, all because our pal, Davey Martinez, and Harper gives him all the credit for this, decided to have him bat in the leadoff spot. And that did it, right? It did it. Well, let me tell you why. Can I tell you why? Okay, tell me why. Here's Is this why math really involved? It's not, well, a little bit, a but little bit really, really small numbers. Because if he's the leadoff guy mm -hmm. and you walk him, there are no outs yeah. and you've got a guy on base. So you have all these chances that for somebody brilliant. else to hit him in. And that I love it. maybe multiple home runs. So people are the pitchers and managers are gonna take less of a chance on that. He's hit leadoff home runs. We saw him hit his longest home run in Nationals Park the other night. It's spectacular. He has been freed. Thank you, Davey Martinez. You're brilliant. You're my favorite. And we didn't even have to put on the t-shirts. Back to a team that I care a lot about. One more Red Sox thing. I think this is the last one, really. Craig Kimbrell, though, this is worth it. Ke Craig this is Kimbrell, worth it. This is it big. is. This is big. He was the fastest, youngest player to get to 300 saves. He is just under 30 years old, and he has 300 saves. Not only that, but his 90.9% save uh, ratio is the best in Major League Baseball history. You have to save at least. You have to. You have to um, pitch at least 250 games for that percentage to count. So he's just over that. 
and his grandfather was there to see the game, and he tweeted a picture of his grandfather hugging him, which was adorable. We're all about the family, and we're all about the drinking game today. Get your beverages, because that was another one. I am not going to say that word this time, because I'm just going to say, what the hell, Yankees? I could agree to that. I appreciate a good streak, but they have won 14 out of the last 15 games, their best stretch since 1998, when they won 114 games over the season, and I don't like it one bit. Damn. Let's go to something women-focused. There has been a lot of news recently, and we're trying to keep it on our Facebook feed, about women in baseball and women in softball and the importance of that globally. And we talked about last week the USSA, that's a lot of S's, pride, going on the European series, and they're coming back undefeated. They won seven out of seven games. Yeah. They, their last game, they won 13-7 to against the Netherlands, and I didn't realize this. They were playing in multiple countries. They played in Italy, Czech Republic, and the Netherlands, and the, the stadiums were packed all over the place. Not only that, but anywhere they went, they gave clinics to the young people in that city. Yeah, they worked with the softball teams from those countries, and they had, they, it was sort of like a, they call it growing the game. Yep. Really proud of them. We have a, um, a couple of grooming notes They're national-specific, but we've been to a couple of Nationals games recently, and we witnessed these firsthand. One is our pal Wilmer Defoe, who's been playing a lot of games for the Nats because the Nats are injury-ridden right now. He had amazing dreadlocks for the whole beginning of the season. He cut them off. Ouch. Which, you know, like, oh, I'm going to miss those. for me. And yet, since he cut them off, his first two home runs of the season— he had six, five, only five in his entire last season, and, he and he's already right. got two. All right, so I'll I take think, that trade off. I think we got a thing going. Also, um, Tanner Roark, pitcher for the Nationals, lost his lumberjack beard and has pitched two amazing games, including, I think, at 115 pitches in yesterday's game. So the beard is gone. Now I'm worried if his, his arm's going to hold out. Yeah, except for they ended up losing yesterday. I know it wasn't, that wasn't his on fault, him. but that's a harsh thing. We talked about the Mexico series on Cinco de Mayo. It kind of makes sense. I just made that connection right now. But the Padres and the Dodgers in Mexico making some history here. Game one, can we say Bueller? Bueller? Bueller. Bueller. The Dodgers had their first combined no-hitter. Tell us what that means. So that means that more than one pitcher is involved. So it's not one pitcher getting a no-hitter through the whole game, but several pitchers still no-hits. And it was started by Walker Bueller, who's a rookie, who goes six innings in pouring rain. So torture, really. So he couldn't, really, he just couldn't keep going. They had to pull him because of the weather conditions. Trying to probably would have helped. That maybe it would have, especially in pouring rain. To give him even more credit, he got a hit in the game. (laughs) We call that helping himself. The pitcher was helping himself. Extra. So he has earned a spot in the Dodgers rotation. But if you go back to what I recently said about the Dodgers pitching, that's understandable. There's a lot of room in that rotation. Pretty much everybody can win a spot in the Dodgers rotation this week. Right about now. All right. But but on, on positive boyfriend news, my boyfriend Kike Hernandez, Puerto Riqueño, he got a home run back-to-back with Chris Taylor in the second. And the final run by the Dodgers hit by Alex Verdugo, who is of Mexican descent. His dad was born in Mexico. He was born in Arizona. But he actually played for Mexico in the World Baseball Classic. So he has strong connections to Mexico playing. And he said that the game had a playoff vibe 
every single pitch. That's what we're looking for. That kind of excitement in a game. How cool is that? That is completely cool. Let me tell you something else about Bueller. Something else about Bueller. 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 That was only his third start in the major leagues. Holy shit! Right, his third start, and he he kicked off a a combined no hitter. That was only the twelfth combined no hitter in MLB history. And to give you an example of how rare that is, there have been two hundred and eighty seven solo no hitters, so which are super impressive to they're do, really like cool. crazy. And they've got a different kind of pressure, right? The solo yeah. no hitter is the pitcher's getting tired. Can he make it? Can he finish this up? The combined one is every time a new reliever comes on, he's got this burden of yeah. you've got to keep this going. So different kind of pressure. Really cool to see. There have only been 12, and that was one of them. Uh, Fernando Valenzuela actually threw out the first pitch to warm everybody's heart. And we know him for his many years with the Dodgers, but he actually actually played for the Padres for a year. So a little bit of a shout out to both teams with that. Game two, the Padres evened it up yesterday. They won seven to four. With my new boyfriend helping. Yay. <laughs> and we'll see what happens today. So the the Puerto Rico series was just two games. Right. And this one is three. So there's going to be an actual winner. There will be a series winner out of this one. And everybody's looking at Christian uh, Villanueva, who is the only—he's on the Padres, right? He's the only actual Mexican-born player on either team, and he's feeling the pressure. And he has not gotten a hit yet. He was walked once, and he got a run off that walk but not hit yet. So I hope he does something today, or at least that he feels okay about it. Right. It's a lot of, that just sucks being that focused, that spotlight. That's carrying a lot of weight going into that. For something that carries no weight whatsoever, I decided to take it for our team, for the No Crying in Baseball team, and I watched Dancing with the Stars. Thank you. I appreciate that. I just couldn't bring myself to you, do that. You don't have to do it ever. I will say I feel bad that I, I'm all of a sudden very invested in this. I have I have a lot of opinions about how this whole thing works. Fabulous. I'm going to keep those to myself other than saying Johnny Damon got knocked out in yeah. the first round. I don't feel bad about that at all. No, me either. It's time for your fantasy baseball boyfriend league update. Woot. There have been some changes. Changes. One of the changes is Potty Mouth's second team. Her first team has been running away with it, but her second team is making a run up the ladder. She made impressive progress there. And former base, basement dweller Tacoma Park Sox is up three points, three levels. And sorry to say the Vino Tinto, who we gave a special call out to last week, has hit the basement. So I hope that wasn't the curse. Yeah, you know, I just wanted to say, I was thinking that Vino Tinto maybe next year should really get a crack of doing an all-Venezuelan team. Because to, to really confess, I have taken the best Venezuelan players, and he's working with what's left. So I wonder what would happen. He's just choosing. He's choosing to go that way. He doesn't have to go that way. What are the standings now? So... I'm going to gloat like hell right now because it might be my last week for a long time. I know I'm way in the lead with my first one, but man, mo losing Molina and Moncada is also on the DL. And Cespedes, I just heard of, and Beltre's still there. And fucking like two minutes before we started taping, I looked and, and Mookie was pulled out of the game. I don't know why, but it looks like he's going day to day right now. So my number one team, which is number one right now, is starting to fall apart. We will see what happens at this time next week. Right now, I'm number one. Your NCIB team is number two. Deborah on the West Coast is number three. Hi, Deborah. Number four is your commish team. And then 
it's back to me again for number five. It is back to you again. And I remember earlier in this episode, you said you kind of have mixed feelings about, oh, I feel bad because you're injured. Yeah. Um, and I also feel bad because it ruins my team. And I'm kind of feeling the opposite. I feel bad that all of these players are injured, but I'm thinking I may have a shot at this. <laughs> Earlier in this episode, I said the word Instagram. That's because No Crying in Baseball is now on Instagram. You can find us pretty much everywhere now. On Instagram and Facebook, you can find us at No Crying in B-Ball. On Twitter, you can find us at NCIB Podcast. You can subscribe. You can rate. You can review wherever great podcasts are free. And until next time, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. said go caps. <laughs>